This is Cole. Learn how to tell stories and watch it. My God. <laughs> You're so vicious, so hard. And this is Ron. Yes. I hate your guts. Oh, that's a lie. That's a lie right there. Oh, desperation is a stinky cologne. We are the creative team. Oh, my God. I quit. Well, it's the big hoe. Did you really just book that? <laughs> Michael Jordan and The Undertaker. Oh, uh, in your face. One of them has 30 years, and the other one is just Michael Jordan. Woo! Welcome back to another exciting episode of... The Creative Team. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another exciting episode of... The Creative Team. I am your host, Cole Dawson, and with me, as always, my hashtag team partner, Ron Kilborn. Ronald, how the heck are you today, bud? Oh, I am sunburnt all over again. Uh, I'm not drunk this time. I, I went to the That's beach. Good. I went to the beach uh, yesterday. It was the dog beach. Uh, so I was in heaven. Uh, shortly before we hit record, we were talking about how much I'm a sucker for dogs. So I went to a place that I normally am not at, a beach, because like, I, I don't like sand and orifices that I didn't know I had. And yeah. uh, But I was surrounded by animals that were just as friendly as fuck. And uh, I was an absolute... Uh, four-legged friend furly, furry friend heaven how are you today sir pretty good i you know kind of don't have any anything going on this weekend it's nice it's kind of back to things have settled back down uh next weekend will be crazy because i've got the uh the kids have a uh, their their big play they've been you know the the play that ruined my uh summer vacation plans and everything uh it, the, the, they're doing a college production uh for it, it's it's a college production, but it's for kids eighteen and under, and it's uh, Frozen Junior. So that you know all the Anna and Elsa and all that bullshit. So anyone out there wants to go see Frozen or take their girls, I highly recommend it. And then when you buy the tickets, just put down that uh, Victoria Dawson is the person that, uh, is, that for the will call box, and then she gets she gets a prize if she sells the most tickets. It's cute, but so after that, like. You know, they get three weeks of summer and then it's back to reality. So, <laughs> so clarify your attitude here. Are you not a fan of Frozen or are you not a fan of your children? Uh, I love my kids. I, I don't like the Frozen. I oh. it most overrated movie of all time. No. No, there's no. Watch them. No, no, no. Go watch it again. There's no bad guy for the entire movie. What? The only bad guy is just the sister's bad attitude. No. And then finally, when they get to the end of the movie, there's a villain for like three minutes, and then he gets squashed. Like it's a three-minute squash. Once they finally introduce the bad guy who like made all this shit happen at the end of the movie, and he's just poof gone. And there's like no real story other than like, oh, but they're sisters and they love each other. So like, cool. Yeah. Wait. If she had a bad attitude for a minute, and then they hugged it, it was all cool. I'm like, this is just like siblings fought for ten minutes, and you know now they're good again. Like, eh. But the, but the twist of the guy being the bad guy, I was not expecting. And it's really hard for a movie, a Disney movie, to not be predictable. Uh, and I was not right. seeing oh, that coming. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I'll give you that. The, the, you know, they did a swerve bro at the end. and But it's like, it would have been cool if we did a swerve bro like early on in the movie and they actually like fought the villain and that was like part of the story. But I was it's distracted just, by all the great watch. music. Yeah, yeah. See, that sucked, too, because at the uh, time the movie came out, the kids were of an age where I just had to listen to Frozen on repeat. Oh, see, okay. And so, like, it also has that going. I'm also not a big fan of Idina Menzel. I don't think that her voice is great. I like, but No, I'll, I'll take it back. I, her voice can be great. I don't like her singing. 
stylistically. And then like when she hits the really high notes, it's like fingers on a chalkboard for me. So like, you know, or nails on a chalkboard rather, not fingers, because who cares about fingers? But yeah. So, so we gotta do a we gotta do a take it up with creative frozen edition then. Well, you know, I just go to Frozen Two, where it's actually like a good movie and a good story, and it's in and, and, and also has the same you know music that's there that's good. I, I actually think the music's better in Frozen Two, and the whole movie itself, Frozen Two, is actually a pretty decent movie. But yeah, Frozen One, I'm like, this is just a big bag of nothing that has a bunch of catchy songs, and at the end, the sisters are like, "Oh, but I love you, sis," and so like all the girls in the world are just like, and yeah, I hate Frozen One. Well, well, it didn't take you long to shit over things I love. Uh, <laughs> but you know that is the theme of our show in reality. So it might as well it might as well get uh, transferred to Disney too. But you know what? I'm just gonna let it go, and uh, we're gonna. I think we should just uh, start talking about why we're here. I mean, we have two parts of uh, why we're here, Cole, and uh, we're going to yeah. be talking about the U.S. Championship bracket. Yes, that's right. We're going to be keeping. We're going to be closing July, a very red, white, and blue themed month here in the United States, and we're going to close it off with a two-parter representing the United States champion, and we're going to be doing a 32 entity bracket, and I'm excited to talk about that. Do you want to introduce our guest today, our third man that? Uh, Really was uh, in case of emergency break glass situation, and we love him for it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not really. You know, fuck him. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love this guy. Uh, th- he was the guy who got us into podcasting, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Mr. DJ Barbecue. How you doing today, bud? Uh, first of all, I, uh, I got to do one thing. I got there, There's a scene here. Uh, got to get into character a little bit here. You know, uh, I, I think Frozen is just a drizzling shits or whatever. <laughs> Break from that. Here's what the everybody else on the uh, outside of this universe is saying. Cole, let it go. God damn it. It was a great movie. You know that. Just get over it. Okay, anyway, I, I really love being here, and thank you for calling me to at the last minute. And, uh, yes, uh, podcasting. I love it. Uh, I eat it. I breathe it. Uh, I bleed it. So um, I hope you guys are doing good. Uh, and uh, I am in the Dakota, so I have to have my voice a little more elevated so you guys can hear me, you old, ridiculous podcasting fools. What? What? <laughs> I like your uh, your uh, uh, pop filter there. It's a pretty cool looking pop filter around your mic. Like that? Yeah, it's pretty sweet. I got that idea from the uh, legendary man himself, Howard Stern. Nice. Nice. This is a good man for inspiration. So, yeah, before we get into this bracket today, like, you know, what have you got going on in the podcasting world? You got any any uh, interviews or anything interesting popping off here soon? And how's uh, the, the you know, young Mr. Uh, Little Barbecue wrestling for oh, Mr. Inglacius. Mr. Inglacius is doing really well. He uh, is football school. This will be his senior year. He is still doing refereeing and professional wrestling. He is still wrestling. Uh, he's having a good time. He's bulked up. He went from a measly 195, 210 to 245 right now. Uh, he's six foot one, almost six foot two now. Uh, and he's just, uh, he's living the good life in high school for a senior year as a senior can do. Uh, myself, uh, I do uh, shows every once in a while, kind of limited because I have to make sure I'm at certain events with him. Uh, audio gigs, and then I work for two promotions now. I do 
be graphic design and, and uh, advertising and marketing for one and the other one I'm just doing production and bringing the audio equipment in but it's been pretty good good to hear so yeah son's officially a, a, a strapping heavyweight now that's fantastic yeah he uh he was um he got he came home got a couple new shirts and I'm just like kid you need to you need to lay off on the weights a little bit there he goes no, I'm good <laughs> Well, his his sleeves on his shirts, even though that they're, you know, nice fit baggy around his waist and stuff, but he can't, his shirts are too tight now on his, Yeah, yeah. and I'm like, quit showing off. You're making the rest of us look like, you know, lazy pieces of crap now. <laughs> no, it's funny. My, bro- my brother Warren, uh, that, that came up wrestling with us, it was funny. He would, he did about the same thing. He was, he went from being like 180 pounds and he was doing all the high flying and crazy stuff. And then, like, he had a couple years where he really got serious about weights and he put on, like, 40 pounds of muscle. And he hadn't wrestled in a while. And he went out and tried to do all the same, you know, springboard, moonsault, shooting star press as I did before. And he hadn't really done a shooting star press with the extra 50 pounds or 40 pounds. Yeah. Super lawn darted right on his fucking face. And, uh, I mean, he still hit the shooting star. He didn't short it or anything, but he definitely under-rotated and landed face first on the shooting star. Luckily, it was the finish of the match, so he didn't have to, like, do anything uh, after that. But he had a nice uh, mat burn on his face. And, uh, yeah, so I'll be interested to talk with him. I haven't talked to him in a while. This is uh, how he's having to adjust in the ring with the extra 50 pounds of muscle he, uh, dragging around there. Ethan showed up, and uh, there was a, one of the other guys in one of the promotions. I'm not going to say which one, but he was, you know, bragging about he was lifting weights and, you know, man, yeah, I've been hitting the gym or whatever. And, and you know, granted, this is an older guy. He's yeah, close to his late 30s, early 40s and, you know, all this. And Ethan gets in there and they're going to, you know, practice and get prepared before the actual show. And uh, he took, Ethan took his shirt off and he had a tank top on and he made the guy look like he never lifted weights. And yeah. Right. Yeah. At all. And, <laughs> and everybody else is giving him crap and I'm laughing. Ethan had no idea what he was, what was going on, but I just thought that was kind of funny, but yeah, that's how that's he's, he's gained on some mass and it, it's not anything bad. And I, I made sure of that because I told him like, if you don't uh, watch that of your food intake, and your muscle, you know, mass, you're going to over, over exert your body. Yeah. You're going to put too much pressure on your joints and you got to watch out for that. Yeah. So people people don't realize money. how much money you have to add or how much food you actually have to eat to, yeah. you know, to, to properly add on muscle and all that good stuff. So, yeah. And then, yeah. So three fat guys out. talking about fitness here today. It's a good start I, to the fat. show. <laughs> my fat. I'm just, I, I, I'm, I'm fluffy. I think that's what, the, that, yeah, yeah. I think that's what it is. Oh. Oh, well, it sounds right. like your son is on the road to being one of the 32 entities on the U.S. Championship bracket. Maybe he'll yeah, be, maybe he'll break the streak and be one of the recent, uh, recent competitors that we get to put on the, one of these brackets in the future. Maybe. So yeah, all right. So let's get this bracket started. But before we do that, I've got some fun facts about the United States title. You know, it's one of those things that since it is a WWE Championship at this point. A lot of people don't know that this belt goes all the way back to 1975 and uh, was a territory belt and an NWA title, um, excuse me, that became under the possession of WCW and then became under the possession of WWF slash WWE when they bought WCW. So the very first United States heavyweight champion 
Harley race, ladies and gentlemen. And everyone knows recently we had a, 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 a lot of uh, content about Harley race on our King of the Ring bracket episode. Um, the longest reigning United States champion of all time, Lex Luger with 523 days as the champion. The shortest reign, Bill Goldberg for about 30 minutes, which was fun. And then uh, the lo- this is one of my favorite facts right here. Favorite factoid, the longest amount of time between title reigns, 1975, Terry Funk wins the United States title. 2000, Terry Funk wins the United States title. 25 years in between championships is kind of an awesome just story that came up in my research. But also, this is one of the titles that has been held by a significant number of father-son combinations. So here we go. Uh, Johnny and Greg Valentine both held the United States title. Dusty Rhodes and Dustin Rhodes. Rick and David Flair. And of course, Black Jack Mulligan and his son, Barry Windham, ladies and gentlemen. So this is a very cool title we got going on here. There's a lot of history. And this is one of those those uh, brackets where I'm excited because we get to talk about some 70s and 80s wrestling, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I will be fair and say that uh, we, as just humans, uh, didn't really become fans until like the 90s, late 80s. So in all fairness, we don't know a lot of these title histories. And, you know, there there are some of these United States titles feuds that are just historic and everyone talks about them like Valentine and Piper or Tully Blanchard and uh, the, 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 the Magnum TA. Like there were there were some really significant feuds for this belt in history. So uh, we'll take those into account. But uh, just know that this is going to be a lot of favoritism today and not necessarily based on their title runs. As always on the, the creative team pod, we take creative liberties. So you guys ready to start this bracket? I am absolutely ready. But before we get there, let's pitch to the rules. Yes. All right. That was some magical, magical rules there. And uh, you have any <laughs> questions, Chuck, before we move on and uh, you realize what you have to do? Uh, as long as you're familiar with the Darso rule that you can overrule the vote if you're outvoted, I think that's the most important thing here. Yeah, I remember the Darso rule I used, and it kind of made you upset, so that was a win, key win, and a chance. That yeah. is the point. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so can, you, uh, can you tell me how that went again with Magnum TA? How do, how do you say his name again with, with Magnum uh, TA? Magnum TA, yeah. yeah. There, okay, there you go, there you go. Thank you. Brain fart, brain fog, whatever you want to call it. I couldn't think of Magnum. But you were probably, like Ricardo Rodriguez, you know, or Magnum. Which probably should tell all the fans when I had trouble pulling his name how well he's going to do in this title uh, or in this bracket. But once we get to Magnum T, I've got some, so some fun, good, good information. So let's kick this thing off right off the bat. The number one seed uh, with the longest title reign of all time and also one of the people that had uh, a lot of title reigns. One, one factoid I missed, the most title reigns officially – is five. However, much like Ric Flair does, he had a phantom title win in here somewhere along the way, which gives him six, but it's not counted necessarily in recorded history. So the, the, the people that have won the belt five times, Wahoo McDaniel, Ric Flair, Brett, the Hitman Hart, ladies and gentlemen, five time United States champion, 
Lex Luger, of course, John Cena, and uh, another Canadian fellow who we don't talk about much on this show. So, moving on to the bracket, the first matchup, Lex Luger and the natural Dustin Rhodes, ladies and gentlemen. Ronald? Ooh. Well, you know, I got much love for Dustin. Uh, I grew up on uh, Dustin as Gold Dust and then went back and reviewed some of the natural stuff. And then to this day, he's still contributing to the business and still putting out stuff that I love. But when it comes to the United States Championship, even for, you know, my child time period, he was drenched in the red, white, and blue. I got to go Lex Luger on this one. Yeah, I I think for me, when you're the longest reigning champion of all time and you have the most title reigns, you should be synonymous with that belt. And uh, while... Dustin had a wonderful United States title run, had one of my favorite matches in the history of ever with uh, they did an Ironman match with Ravishing Rick Rude over this belt. It's a great match. You guys should go out of your way to find it from WCW. Um, I still think when it comes down to it, but when you're the longest reigning and you have the most title reigns, you deserve to get out of the first round. So I'm going Lex Luger here. Chuck? Well, after deliberation and knowing a since early 90s, I'm going to have to go with Luger, not because of the patriotic theme. It's only because that he had the belt way back in the day, which that was the first time I ever recognized that belt, and I thought that was the best United States championship belt in the history of the United States championship belts, which was in the NWA era. Uh, So, yeah, I'm going to have to go with uh, Mr. Uh, Lex Luger, the total package. All right, off to a good start. Everyone agrees. Match number two, Terry Funk and DDP. Now, I think this would be a wonderful feud and just great uh, entertainment, especially DDP at the height of his baby face, you know, uh, stardom and Terry Funk as just being a mean cuss heel that, you know, that mean guy from the ranch in Texas. I think this would be a tremendous feud, lots of entertainment value. And I think the match itself would be quite uh, good with DDP and Terry Funk, but uh, I'm a big-time Funk fan, and so uh, for me, just about anyone versus Terry Funk, I'm going Terry Funk all day and twice on Sunday. Ronald? Yeah, as much as I would love to see your face, uh, me voting out uh, Mr. Funk here, but uh, no, I would have to say before I do, so uh, DDP, uh, I think he got... uh, he got really over with the United States Championship. Dare I say, the United States Champion, along with this, along with this feud with Macho Man, is what uh, put him on the map finally. And without that title run and without that feud, uh, there wouldn't be a. I don't think there would be a household name like Diamond Dallas Page in the wrestling business. But Terry Funk and that United States Championship go hand in hand. And uh, that little factoid that you spit out earlier about he basically DeLoreaned his way through time. <laughs> And uh, won that title again. You know, he's that's uh, that's grounds enough to uh, move forward uh, for me. So I'm also going to go Terry Funk. All right, Mr. Barbecue. So I know that the that Terry was pretty much uh, a kind of a uh, a household name with that championship, but then I'm going to have to go um, the opposite route. Now you're going to have to repeat the name because I can't say it correctly i never have been able to say the other gentleman's name correctly ddp uh no 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 um it, it's diamond dallas page right 
Yes, yeah. yes. All right. No, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm just fucking around. Uh, no, DDP, uh, I think that shot his career from somebody that started really late in his lifetime and yes. to be able to be in professional wrestling and, and do what he has done and still continuously do what he does. Uh, I'm definitely going to have to go with, with DDP, uh, you know, bang. And uh, I think that he takes that over, uh, over good old Terry Funk. All right. Well, we have a vote of two to one. Is that Darso material this early, or do you want to save that for a little bit later? Charles, you. Uh, let me think. I'm doing my little mathematics. No, I, 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 I'm not. I'm not going to use it. I'm not going to use it quite yet. All, All right. right. Moving on to the next round. That brings us to uh, a fun matchup as this is opposite as it gets. We've got Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and Goldberg, ladies and gentlemen. Ricky Steamboat and Goldberg. This one's a lot of fun thinking about what this might look like. We've had a lot of fun with guests and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat on this show. So I'm going to send this right to DJ Barbecue here and find out what he thinks of this Steamboat Goldberg matchup before Ron and I speak. <laughs> um, I, I'm I'm going to have to uh, not apologize for not saying the other gentleman's name, but I'm going to have to go with the dragon because it would be a contradicting, you know, hypocrite if I said anything negative about a dragon. Thus, because I have somebody that I know that's dragon plus a legendary person <laughs> that I've known that other than dragon. So I'm going to have to say the dragon goes ahead of the uh the, the the nugget yes we're gonna have to go against the the golden nugget yes 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 ronald the golden nugget uh yes yeah you know I'm, I'm trying to think if uh you know can ricky steamboat get 20 minutes out of goldberg <laughs> well i mean ddp did so i imagine that you get dragon. a concussion yeah, yeah, there's that too. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, yeah. See, he's going against Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, and I gotta say, you know, I think, I think just for the sake of content, I'm going Goldberg. Very nice. <laughs> so for me, when it comes down to the United States title, uh, Goldberg's reign as United two a uh, couple of reigns as United States titles were very short lived, and they were just kind of used as a means to to build the streak. And, and, and moving on the storyline, helping Goldberg eventually get to what his real push was for the World Heavyweight Championship. So for me, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat is kind of one of those guys who's synonymous with the, the secondary title. Like, he's that guy. He's one of the best in-ring performers ever, but not necessarily the great promo guy. Not But he, we know that Steamer is going to go out there and have a great match every time on the card. Some of my favorite matches from childhood Ricky Steamboat feuding with uh, stunning Steve Austin for this belt. I mean, it's one of those matches that I just vividly remember from childhood. And most of those matches are either Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, and, and then there's a handful of WCW ones. And they all kind of centered around either the television title or the United States Championship. And so for me, even my childhood fandom, nine-year-old me, it was Ricky Steamboat and then, you know, going forward looking back at history expanding and looking at the feud the steamer had with flair for the united states title in the early 80s it's just incredible so for me i think steamboat gets the vote here so steamboat moving on yes. <laughs> good with me yeah oh I, I think, oh I, think it's a good one. I, I i agree this matchup right here fucking i love it 
And this is one of those dream matches I didn't know I needed. And I didn't really look at this when I put the bracket together. So right now I'm just visualizing it in my head. Hot Rod, Rowdy, Roddy Piper taking on Stan fucking Hansen, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Ron? I mean, you talk about just uh, live rounds in the yeah. ring and... <laughs> And before the match, like I, I think Piper would throw more live rounds in the promos than Stan Hansen. Stan wouldn't have to. He would just get in the ring and just, you know, speak his words with his fist. I mean, the man is, uh, and I'm talking about Stan Hansen, the man is probably still attempted to be duplicated to this day with like a yeah. Walter and uh, guys who try to uh, implement that style. Like, he... His nickname was the Lariat for a reason, and people still try to uh, pass that off as a finisher to this day. Uh, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. J- it was a huge part of the of the JBL um, mystique in in title era. Like, I mean, he, you know, carbon copy. Well, attempt at a carbon copy of Stan Hansen, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, you know, I only. Re- it's great that we're talking about Stan Hansen, and you know, uh, he might be going. He might be going forward in this in this round. I already forgot who he's going up against. <laughs> but uh Piper? <laughs> Roddy Piper. Roddy Piper, that's right. Yeah, but no. Yeah, which is why you're talking about Stan Hansen right now cuz you're about to vote Piper. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true, but I wanted to get this out because I only recently learned this, but in Jap in Japan, uh I can't pronounce the name because I only heard it once, but they called him a Japanese uh, nickname and it stood for Unsinkable Battleship. Wow. And I think for that alone I'm going Stan Hansen. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You set that all up like you were definitely going away from Stan, so you wanted to put him over here in the first round, and you didn't even discuss Roddy Piper. That in and of itself is is uh, uh, historical on the show. Well, you can go so, back in the archives and hear my hear my yeah. praise for Piper, but good Lord, I uh, yeah, I never talk about Stan Hansen. It's because he never comes up in this show, but uh, he did. And uh, there's a lot of facts about him that are freaking amazing. Uh, you know, we even get we even get into the point where he like you know popped out Vader's eye. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, Charles, let's uh, go to you, Piper and Stan Hansen. First of all, first of all, I need to channel my inner uh, Cole Dawson and say because I, just to give people context of how I'm feeling right now after this was always this this was announced. Um, I'm I'm literally that gif where there's a big panda bear taking the keyboard, slamming it all over the desk, throwing the desk up. <laughs> My God, you're putting two individuals, one who has a very significant reason why he's my favorite in Rowdy Rowdy Piper. Two, you have Stan fucking Hansen. I don't care if we can swear or not. I'm going to oh, say yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hansen. You have the greatest fucking big guy that could just rile up a crowd heel wise, just take somebody's head off. Like it was a freaking Mack truck going through a tinfoil little Geo Metro. And you're putting these two together and this early in the game. This this bracket is absolutely stacked, my friend. And like I said, I'm I'm channeling my Cole Dawson. This is the drizzling shits. <laughs> Just to have to make this decision is, yes. <laughs> damn you, Dawson. Damn you. <laughs> uh Man, this is going to be tough. Uh, Stan Hansen or Rowdy Piper? This is like this is like not picking your you know your relative in a football game when you know that they're 
<laughs> the best player in the in the world. Uh Stan Hansen or Rowdy Rowdy Piper. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh friends of all ages and friends of everywhere, um of anyone alike, uh let me see what the record books show so I can this is tough. I'm not Okay, well would you like me to to, to walk through my my logic first? And Please. Yes. Yes. So. Yes. I I will I will uh, <laughs> uh go give uh, Dawson this because like I'm Okay, so yeah, for I'm, me yeah. Stan Hansen is is one of my historical all-time favorite wrestlers in the history of the business. I think he is everything that a heavyweight wrestler should attempt to be in this world. I think he's ever everything that every wrestler should attempt to be believable. I mean, this guy literally had an entire country running scared from him every time he left the ring because he was so real, so believable. Um, in an era where at the time the Japanese wrestlers didn't really, uh, I don't want to say they had the respect for foreign foreign wrestlers in Japan, but like. Stan Hansen took that to a completely other level where they feared for the lives of all their heroes every time they faced Stan Hansen to the point that, that you know, Stan Hansen could have won any belt and been the champion for decades, and no one would have cared. No one would have been upset. Um, I love Stan Hansen to death. However, once we bring it into the United States Championship, um, his reign was a blip on the radar uh, and, and happened basically because of of turnover in the front office and they in the in Bill Watts got involved and he wanted some more realism and so he brought in Stan Hansen and it was short-lived whereas Piper even though his title aim, title reigns were also short-lived his feud for this belt led to the legendary dog collar match that to this day literally just a couple months ago someone was trying to recreate and recapture um, you know, CM Punk and MJF uh, built their entire feud and a lot of their talking points about Roddy, the Roddy Piper, Greg Valentine uh, match that culminated at the end of this feud. And because of that match, Roddy Piper went so hard and, and was cared so much about realism. He lost hearing in one of his fucking ears uh, because of that dog collar match. So for me, when it comes down to believability both of these guys are are the top line examples but since we're talking about the united states title i'm gonna go piper and that makes the decision yours charles so what do we got we got two pipers we know ron went stan hansen i went piper so you decide who moves on to the next round you've heard all the arguments so i easily had both stats up and i noticed that you know obviously stan had uh way lower uh, reigns uh, continuous days of champion compared to Piper. Uh, yes, I remember the dog collar match uh, with Piper and uh, Greg Valentine or Hammer Valentine. Excuse me, I just spoke there. Um, Stan, Stan, but Stan's a. It's worth uh, mentioning that uh, shortly after Stan's retirement, he went on to manage his children in the very hit single Mbop. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So even in the music man. charts, he's deal- he's dishing out the hits. God damn it! <laughs> man, gonna, man, I feel like I'm gonna get struck by lightning if I. Uh, it doesn't matter. Just pick one so we can move on. <laughs> yeah, we're live, pal. 
short and sweet. Short and sweet answers. Um, this has not been short and sweet. <laughs> this has been long and sour, Chuck. Uh, Move uh, it along. Okay, I'm going to have to go Stan Hansen. I'm going to have right. to go Stan. Uh, by the way, the nickname was spelled F-U-C-H-I-N-K-A-N, which was Japanese for unseekable ship. I can't pronounce it. Fucking uh, con. Fucking uh, <laughs> again, again. Yeah. Uh, oh. But that was the uh, nickname for Stan Hansen over there in Japan. Uh, but, yes, yeah, so I'm going to have to go with, with Stan Hansen because, again, he is an unsinkable ship. I'm sorry, Piper. Please don't hit me with lightning. I really apologize. I think we're okay. Now, this matchup, will, I don't think it will be as difficult. However, um, I will start this one off. Rick Flair and Conan, ladies and gentlemen. Now, at, at face value, people might go, okay, it's Rick Flair and Conan. Jesus Christ. But I will say this. In WCW, Conan... Even before WCW in Mexico, Conan is literally the biggest star in the history of Mexican wrestling. Um, he, he was the Stone Cold Steve Austin of of Lucha Libre. And uh, that surprises a lot of people because obviously people go to Mil Mascaris and Gory Guerrero and El Santo and Blue Demon as like the biggest draws of all time. But realistically, it is Conan. And to this day, he's still heavily involved in AAA. Um, but even then in WCW... Uh, Conan became an absolutely over huge star in on a roster where it was very, very difficult for any of the underneath talent to elevate themselves and get over. And Conan captured the imagination of the world of WCW. And big part of that was his United States title reign. He was a very he he was the champion for a couple hundred days. It wasn't just a throwaway belt. I mean, he really got over with this run and deserves to be on this list. But we're talking about Ric Flair, the five-time uh, United States champion and the great feud with Steamboat for the belt, another great feud with uh, um, Greg Valentine and Wahoo McDaniel. Those three guys kind of traded the belt back and forth in the in the early 80s. So it, as much as I, I, I think Conan deserves to be on this list, I think this is his stop, and I'm going Ric Flair. Ronald? Yes, you know, Ric Flair, 16-time world champion, uh, 21 if you want to count uh, officially yeah uh, you know Ric Flair can win a number of lists he can win a number of brackets he can be a number of top 10s but like you know for me WCW when I was a kid I was watching uh, like the NWO and even Eric Bischoff will say this Conan like made the NWO cooler than they already were like uh, it, he just added a realism of culture uh, and not to mention his status in, in uh, Lucha Libre He's well-regarded even to this day. Uh, so all that said about Ric Flair, his title reign, his career, his career highlights, as far as Ric Flair can go in all of our shows, I think I'm going to shine some light on K-Dog here. I'm going to keep it 100 for my for my guy Conan. I'm going to pick Conan for uh, for this round. Uh, I think, wow. yeah, I know, it's a little shocking even for me, but, you know, I'm kind of reminiscing with myself and having a little bit of nostalgia moment for Conan. The Tequila Sunrise is one of my favorite submission holds I've ever seen, and it's synonymous with him. I don't see a lot of people do it other than him. So, yeah, K-Dog, moving forward for Ron. Wow, all right, the decider again, DJ <laughs> Barbecue. Who you got, Ric Flair or Conan? Are you about it, about uh, it? Uh, first, first of all, um, uh, Cole, as the resident, uh, I guess, half Hispanic 
uh, we are a little bit disappointed in you not going with our our king, our culture king. Um, it just it's disappointing. I mean, uh, you, you Ric Flair already has the world championship. How many times you know it's like twenty one? If you you know you 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 keep record, uh, he has that. Why give him more selfish shit? So like it obviously has to be Conan. <gasps> it, you got to be bowdy bowdy rowdy rowdy and give it to Conan. I mean Conan is there. And I figured I could do this this way because I know it'll get under your skin, Mr. Dawson. I know it'll get under your skin. What? <laughs> yes, I'm going to go with the old K-Dog, the old filthy animal. Wow, massive first-round upset, ladies and gentlemen. K-Dog, Conan, taking out the Nature Boy Ric Flair uh, in the first round. I'm not that mad at it. Um, is it deport? I mean, deport- I mean uh, Darso material, Cole? Is it? <laughs> No, no, I got to save that because in this tournament is Brett the Hitman Hart, so there has to be Darso's uh, saved up in this world. Um, I knew you weren't going to Darso it. I knew Brett, you weren't. Brett Hart versus Sting, ladies and gentlemen, in the first round. Fuck. I'll let DJ Barbecue kick this one off, and uh, as long as he doesn't have another 10 minutes of rambling, then he gets to go first. Sting or Brett the Hitman Hart? All right, so Sting, it's Sting! Tony Schiavone, um, Sting or Brett the Hitman Hart? I either can piss off one individual that Both. might watch this show, uh, that list might listen to this show because he does not like Bret Hart whatsoever. I'm a huge Sting fan because he was the he's the franchise. He's the Sting. He's from California. Um, I think I'm going to go with Sting since uh, they want a short and sweet answer. Yeah, I'll definitely go with Sting. <laughs> Ronald? I mean, uh, did – so Bret Hart won the title five times, right? Correct. Did all that, f- includes, uh, that includes the one WWF reign as well. Okay, I was going to say, did all four of those title reigns happen within the confines of his WCW career? Correct. I'm going Sting. <laughs> Oh, wow. And so uh, I may have uh, done a little bit of a swerve there. Uh, this isn't Darso material for me because we're talking about the United States Championship. And I feel like uh, what Ron just kind of alluded to and joked about right now is Bret Hart's WCW run was not great. We've talked about it on the show. I believe we have a Take It Up With Creative episode dedicated to Bret Hart's WCW time because they completely dropped the ball. And if we don't have an episode, we're going to have one. <laughs> we definitely have that. <laughs> uh, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Brett's been on record saying that his uh, his WCW run was the drizzling shits. Absolutely. It's funny. I just watched a 14-minute Bret Hart kind of shoot interview where he was talking about WCW and this whole run anyway. Um, but, the you know, the United States title was one of the good things they actually did with Brett. You know, he had some great feuds in wcw they just i mean uh i i read a couple things recently just to get off on a little wcw booking tangent um so not only did they bring in brett and the first thing he did was go after hogan basically and be like nah dog we're not having referee bullshit um at least that was the story they told and then hogan had the ref not do a fast count but anyway brett and hogan never happened in fact they ended up tagging together 
like a month after this because the first thing they did after they brought Brett in the conquering hero was kind of make him a quasi heel like he's so stupid but also when Hogan started the NWO he turned on Randy Savage and they never had a Savage versus Hogan match motherfuckers like they did they also turned Savage heel almost immediately like yeah WCW was a shit show and for that I'm going to go with Sting because his stuff happened in the NWA. It was earlier. So it's it's unified. We we all voted Bret Hart out the first round of a bracket. Wow. We're friends. Look at that. All right. Now, this one is just kind of out of necessity. I will say um, I put these two together just to make sure one of them gets in the second round because they both deserve it. But uh, Wahoo McDaniel and Blackjack Mulligan Ronald. Uh, you got some deep dives on these two guys. Any any uh, real you know opinions? Oh man, so like you know, especially with Blackjack Mulligan, I love the one where you know he uh, you know I, I love when he hit when he uh, you know uh, who gives a shit about Blackjack Mulligan? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Oh my God! Barry Windham probably. Yeah, no, yeah, Barry Windham might. You know, uh, Barry Windham's uh, biggest run in WWE was you know as one half of the Blackjacks with Bradshaw. Right. Yeah, right. but you know. Uh, I don't know much about Blackjack other than he's world renowned as, you know, I, I know that he had the, the claw hold as the, as a signature just because I know that from Cornette. Uh, brawler type, like a bruiser Brody, you know. Um, but, you know, I can't I can't argue against Vince McMahon's favorite football player. <laughs> there you go. So I got to go with Wahoo McDaniel because if anyone knows football, it's Vince McMahon. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> And I got to go with what he considers to be the great at the game. Uh, Charles, you got you got any strong input here on the Wahoo McDaniel Blackjack Mulligan debate? Well, the only wrestler that I've ever really considered a a, a, a Blackjack would be Blackjack Laranzov. So I'm gonna have to go with Wahoo McDaniels, you know, because <laughs> I just like like Ron said, Blackjack. Okay, fine, whatever. Who? It's Waha McDaniels. Waha. Uh-huh. Yes. And and Lorenzo, not Lanza. But, you know, it's all good. So hey, uh, hey, I knew, hey, I knew hey, this no. one was hey. going to be one where I have to give all the information, and that's fine. Uh, <laughs> so Blackjack Mulligan, one of the, like, great tag teams of all time, the Blackjacks, you know, really legendary tag team. Like, they, they were one of the first big heel tag teams in, in the 70s that really got things going in a, in, in a new direction. Like Ron said, big brawlers, and, you know, but they did use the claw hole, so that that there's that part. But uh, yeah, Blackjack, great worker. But I got to tell you this: I've watched a lot of Wahoo McDaniel. Um, Ronald, you will love this motherfucker because this is like thirty years before his time. This is right in there with that Stan Hansen, Gunther type wrestler. Go watch his matches with Greg Valentine or Ric Flair, bro. I'm telling you right now, you will love this guy. Wahoo McDaniel is one of the best workers in the history of ever. Does not get nearly enough love for as great as he was and believable. I mean, he, he this was the original like chop fest matches in the history of the business. And, I mean, him and Greg Valentine beat the ever-loving shit out of each other. Greg Valentine in Mid-South is maybe one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. I highly recommend it. It's on the YouTubes. It's on the network. Go watch some stuff from Mid-South with Wahoo, and uh, it, it will change your life a little bit, I think, knowing that Wahoo existed. So it is a clean sweep 
for Wahoo McDaniel, and uh, yeah, touchdown. Did you did you know that he got his nickname from his dad? Sure. Wahoo got it from his dad because nice. you know his father Hugh uh, was known as Big Wahoo. Did you know I, that? Thank you for that little factoid. And he was a football player, and he actually, actually, here's another particular little kind of side note, whatever. Uh, one of his co- coaches and in a Pony Little League team was George H. W. Bush. Wow. That was a fun I didn't know that until I looked that up. I knew he played uh, baseball and I knew he played football too, but I didn't know that. It's it's kind of it's kind of like that. Uh, um, uh, uh, Mick Foley has that connection with uh, what's his name, Kevin um, Sullivan, an actor. No, not Sullivan. He <laughs> <laughs> uh, was on the on the high school wrestling team with them, and he played in King and Queens. Um, James. He, uh, he's Paul Blart. James. He's Paul Blart. Kevin yeah, James. Kevin James. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of like that, like that little inner, you know, twine of like the the metaverse, I guess, if you want to put it that way. You should have quit with the George Bush fact. Yeah, that was a great one. Should have. That was, that, was, that was fucking not something I was expecting to hear today. That's that's great content. He, he added there. a football player. He played for the Houston Oilers. And he ties into the U.S. And oil. <laughs> <laughs> played for the Denver Broncos between 1961 and 1963. Mm. The linebacker for the New York Jets. All right. Well, I mean, Wahoo's around, so we can talk about him next round as well. So okay. let's, yeah, let's save some factoids for, <laughs> for round number two. Uh, now you guys were mad about the Stan Hansen Piper one. I'm a little way more mad about this one. I feel like I'm the only one that's going to be dying on this hill. But Tully, Tully, Tully Blanchard, and stunning Steve Austin, ladies and gentlemen. Ooh. I got to tell you, I am the one. I, I well, no, you know, I know that Mondo Vega, another local wrestler out here, feels the same as I do. I, for one think stunning steve is way better than stone cold steve austin i fucking love stunning steve so fucking much um and i and i really love tully blanchard too he's great he's like tully blanchard is one of those guys uh that probably in any other era would have been a world champion at some point and he just couldn't get there because he had flair and race and dusty on top of him and then sting came along so but I love Stunning Steve so much. He is like that. This is one of these things that just in my head, nine year old me loves Stunning Steve so much that at this point, he has to go over for me. Like, I've got Stunning Steve. Like, he had that, that match with Steamboat. It's like honestly one of my 10 favorite matches of all time where Austin is, is beating up Steamer and then Steamer just won't die. He won't stay down. He won't kick out. And they had the over-the-top rope disqualification rule at the time. So Austin just finally gets frustrated with Steamer not not being able to beat him. And he just goes, fuck it, and tries to throw him over the top rope. And Steamboat hangs on and skins the cat and comes back in. So he grabs him and throws him over the other top rope. And Steamer hangs on so that Austin doesn't get disqualified. He fought so hard to win this belt. Like, when he gets to the finish, it's just like, ugh. Oh, I love Stunning Steve, so I vote Stunning Steve. Ronald? Yeah, I'll make it short and sweet. I'm going to go Stunning Steve as well. As much as I disagree and say that, uh, well, as much as Stone Cold Steve Austin's pockets would disagree, uh, his bank account definitely loves Stone Cold Steve Austin way more than Stunning Steve. But, you know, as far as in-ring ability, the wrestling that we like to watch, the storytelling that we like to see, it's Stunning Steve for me. Uh, You know, Stone Cold uh, had to become a brawler out of health necessity. Go figure. 
And uh, so, but you know, the Stunning Steve era kind of makes me look back to a fond memory of when the dude can actually go as a pro wrestler, yeah. hold for hold in the ring. And uh, his feud with Steamboat is a shining light on his United States Championship run and therefore has to move on for me as well. All right, Charles. Well, I think this is the part where you use the dorso to make sure somebody gets in there without having to be voted out, right? That's really up to you. I mean, if if it's all totally Blanchard for you and it's no-brainer and you think we're wrong, this is absolutely your opportunity to use a dorso. I heard a little. I heard a little bit of a like a like you're really gonna put. Uh, I I honestly think you can't go against the like you can't go against Tully Blanchard. I mean, I understand the Stunning Steve part, but Stunning Steve didn't draw any money either, so you had to go Stone Cold. Um, the potential of of Stunning Steve was there. It, it obviously was there, but it just it wasn't the draw because you had how many others individuals that were pretty much the same type of character. You know, you kind of got falling in the background with everybody else trying to do the same thing uh tully i'm gonna have to go with tully blanchard i think tully blanchard should be the one that uh advances in this just because of the uh the the history the longevity the uh the impact that he had as tully blanchard compared to stunning steve uh did in in pro wrestling so i'm gonna have to um give Give uh, Tully Blanchard the Darso. I'm gonna have to. Oh, oh we're playing the music. A first round Darso. You know, I, you know, I my feelings aren't hurt. You know, it, but it, it just goes to show the passion that people have for old Tully Blanchard. And you know, according to Charles, he may advance in this tournament. But you know, to me and Cole, he only advances in age. And. uh <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, no, like honestly, this is one of those where I thought for sure there's no way that Stunning Steve is going to win anything ever, and so I didn't even talk about Tully. So I'm glad I get to talk about him again because, like in reality, for me, uh, if I'm talking about historical, like, yeah, Tully moves on, so I'm not mad at all. Yeah, yeah, this is probably <laughs> the least mad I've ever been at a at a Darso. Yeah, absolutely. I just, but I think, I think this time the Darso was used for the right move. Yes, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> was used for the right move last time you know this <laughs> all right oh this one's fun this is this is an interesting little matchup a, a couple of second generation wrestlers here greg the hammer valentine taking on dean malenko ladies and gentlemen this is one of those matches i didn't know i needed to see ronald oh man you know, my uh, my claim to fame with uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine is my forearms being compared to his by by the late great Lanny Poffo. Rest in peace, good sir. But uh, you know, the dog collar match I only recently watched because AEW told me to do so. Uh, that was awesome. And but you know, Dean Malenko is like the guy that I grew up watching, and probably is one of those guys that when I grew up watching, he was great the entire time, even though he didn't really get a fair shake creatively. I mean, he was kind of plagued by a just a dim personality, but the dude got it done in the ring. It was the first time I've ever seen a top rope DDT in WWE ever. Uh, so yeah, I don't think uh, we're gonna get a lot of lists with uh, good old Dean Malenko in there. So I'm using this as an opportunity to advance the gentleman forward, Dean Malenko. Wow, wow. So I'm gonna go to Charles here first. Uh, Dean Malenko or Greg the Hammer Valentine. Oh, the hammer or the valentine that always delivers every year on 
February 14th. I mean, I'm always hammering on Valentine's Day. Hey! Hey, hey, lob that up and he dumped it. Mm, uh, tool joke. Gonna have to go with uh, one of the, the greatest, greatest bands that ever said, you know, you gotta go with the great Malenko. So you gotta go with Dean Malenko on this one. Wow. Wow. See, and this is why we have the Darso right here, ladies and gentlemen. I knew you were moments like this. That's why I let Charles go first. So, so yes, Dean Malenko, um, in the grand scheme of things, one of the most technically sound by great bell-to-bell performers of all the times. But, again, as I was just talking about the Wahoo matches, Greg the Hammer Valentine probably has more blood feud serious matches for the United States title than any human alive. I really feel like Valentine belongs definitely in, if not the finals, the final four for sure. Uh, when it comes to United States championship folklore, I didn't even really remember necessarily that Dean Malenka was the champion. So absolutely play the goddamn music, Ronald. Wow. Two. Darso's played in round number one. This back to back. This really is this really is monumental for our show, Cole. And it really is fun for me because now I have an entire playground <laughs> to play with. It really just I my only judgment My only judgment on playing my Darso is just, you know, how hurt are the feelings going to be? <laughs> hey, who put the who put the thing together that put Stan Hansen against Rowdy Piper in the first round. Well, you know, that's Who's the one that decided that one. Well, that that's just the way it works out. Sometimes, you know, we rank, I, I try to rank these people for the most part. Every once in a while, I get something like, look, I know if I put Wahoo and Blackjack in separate brackets somewhere, they're both out in the first round. So every once in a while, I'll do a little, you know, j- j- it, let's say it, they're from the same era. So let's just pick one of those two to move on. But it's just sometimes it's the way the rankings work out. You know, you get, I mean, this title is so historic, honestly. I don't think people understand the level of talent that have held this belt and how historic it was and how much it meant in the 70s and 80s because the way it's used today, which is why we haven't talked about a lot of guys from the 2000s on. But, uh, yeah, sometimes that's the way it works out. And uh, I mean, fuck, I never thought for for. Let's be honest, though. Let's be honest. The early 2000s or the 2000s in general with the United States champion has been a lackluster of disappointment because it's it's been a watered-down version of the United States champion. I'll be goddamned if you disparage the good goddamn name of Orlando Jordan. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, it's funny that we're having this conversation because that leads right into our next matchup. Uh, I think undoubtedly the the name most synonymous with the United States Championship since the turn of the century, John Cena, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, sorry. Taking on Scott Steiner, ladies and gentlemen. This is an interesting matchup, too. I love this. Scott Steiner in his prime versus Cena would be freaking amazing. So I'll let uh, Charles kick this one off. John Cena or Scott Steiner? Scott Steiner, I worked with him about a few months back. Oh, see, now we're going to get some some, some biases here because he's actually worked on a show with the guy. Now, he Uh, ordered waffles at Shoney's one time. It's not the same thing. (laughs) No, I I sat there, listened to to him talk, and we had conversation, and I 
I was the one in the production and, and worked with him to make sure that I had the right song and everything else played. Uh, dang. Um, all right, Cole, ask me that question again, just so that I can, I can, uh, I can, it help me if you ask it again. John Cena or Scott Steiner? Papa Pump or you can't see me. Um, I'm gonna have to go John Cena. My son will get very upset because he was a big John oh, Cena. Fan. Oh, younger, I'm gonna have to go John Cena. There you go. Sorry, Don't let personal biases get in the way of the right thing to do. Uh, so I I know <clears throat> when we were putting this bracket together, this was like the one person Ron's like, hey, this will be cool. Um, and I know that it's gonna be you know a lot of old guys, but John Cena absolutely has to be in this fucking bracket. And I agree. You know, we got the spinner title. We got the big the, like the United States title for John Cena was his jumping off point. It was a huge deal in the character development of John Cena. Like John Cena was literally like two weeks away from getting released from the company and just dumped on his ass. And then Stephanie McMahon witnessed him rapping in the plane. And then we did the Halloween thing where he was vanilla ice for Halloween and he did the rap on TV and it sent him off into a completely new stratosphere. All of a sudden this like nothing happening, generic, the, you know, create a wrestler guy with matching boots and tights became this like folk hero that the fans got behind. And the United States title was like his first crowning achievement. And it was one of those times he actually used the belt right in this century in WWE. So I'm going John Cena all day as much as I love me some Scott Steiner. Yeah, as much as I love me some Scott Steiner, Big Papa Pump, and you know it's it's going to be unanimous here. I didn't even take into consideration the original title reign of Cena in the United States Championship, which also kind of plays into the argument. You know that was his coming out party, that WrestleMania 20 match with Big Show where he fu'd him in front of the in front of Madison Square Garden and became the champion, and then the sh- and then the spinner belt shortly after. But when he beat Rusev at WrestleMania, when he came out on a tank, and then he did the open challenge for an entire year after that. He and that championship reign was the platform to get all of the indie signed guys that were just making their uh, main roster debut. Without that title reign and without that open challenge, you wouldn't get the surprising first night victory over John Cena by Kevin Owens. You wouldn't get that banger of a classic of Sami Zayn where he got put on the map. Uh, with the freaking Bret Hart introducing him and everything. Uh, he actually went off the air with Cesaro and actually cut a promo on how he's like one of the greatest wrestlers he's ever been in the ring with. That whole title reign made so many guys relevant, and uh, it's the reason why I thought Gian- John Cena should be included in this bracket. Even though he might not win, he definitely is one of the recent guys, and I think, dare I say, the only as recent as we get with when it comes to this list. And uh, I, I don't think... Uh, that recent champ. There's one more. There's one, There's more? one more. Okay. Yeah. That that last championship ring was the qualifier for me. Absolutely. So clean sweep. John Cena moves on, and uh, I may be regretting my Darso now because he's probably also going to beat Greg the Hammer Valentine. But anyway, this one's fun. Um, <clears throat> Sacrifices were made. Uh, one of these guys is synonymous with you know uh, United States. Uh, Sergeant Slaughter. We'll just go there. Sergeant Slaughter, ladies and gentlemen, U.S. champion, um, taking on a surprising contender in this one, I think. Not a lot of people will associate Superfly Jimmy Snuka with the United States title, but he had a 400-day reign 
as the United States champion. It's one of the top five reigns of all time. Jimmy Snuka and Sergeant Slaughter, ladies and gentlemen. Ronald? Oh, yeah. We got one guy who betrays betrays his entire country. And you want to talk about long long reigns. Nothing compares to the long reign Jimmy Snuka had getting away with murder. Oh, God damn it. Oh, and... Uh, facts, facts, facts. I mean, come on now. So, I mean... Unbeated streak. Yeah, it's, it's amazing what you can get away with by claiming, like, you know... Like the amount of concussions, yeah, because he got, he definitely concussed himself stupid uh, at one point. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Towards the end of his life, it was it was pretty sad. Yeah, but we're I mean, talking about the United States champion, and you know, I know we can't talk about certain Canadians, but we could talk about Jimmy Snuka. Uh, well, I mean, one one but, one guy definitely for sure murdered his family and killed himself. The other guy allegedly uh, killed but, somebody. Are you still think <laughs> you still think it's allegedly? But, but I mean, uh, well, you're, you're, we live in a country where you're innocent until proven guilty, and Jimmy Snuka never uh, had his day in court. So we get rumor and innuendo about what may or may not have happened. And the uh, best thing we can do is go with, at the time, the police officers did not press charges. So, uh, you know, there's that. Well, I think Jimmy Snuka in her room and body splashed her with a gun. Um... Uh, well, I mean, he didn't shoot her. She had a head contusion which she could have got slipping and falling in the shower or from him punching her in the face so there's that part or or a flying cross body you ever had you ever received one in the shower your head can hit anything Uh, every time this conversation comes up it just like my emotions just drop dead oh well it involves jimmy snooka so i'm gonna go with sergeant slaughter uh, he uh, represents uh, America very well. You know, he came out with that hit song and Iraq, Iraq, so far away. Oh, damn it. Yeah. Oh. Well, I think at this point I'm going to be adding Jimmy Snuka to the No Fly Zone on this show going forward. So the Super No Fly Zone. Yeah, the Super yeah. No Fly Zone. Like um, <laughs> for me on this one, it's you know Snuka, but uh, I think we're just going Sarge. So that we don't have to talk about this anymore, Charles. Uh, I was just gonna go with uh, uh, what the great uh, veteran Jack Vaughn would always say: "Stick with your times." Um, you know, you have to include the the ring, the the the, the people that were gonna be your managers talking. So I literally only have like like what another thirty eight seconds left of my time to be able to speak on this. So I'm gonna have to go with Sergeant Slaughter. All right, Sergeant Slaughter, clean sweep. Moving on to the next round, and uh, great. Now I got to click the. This... I know I got to click the controversial button when I upload this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, <laughs> so this one's fun because these title reigns kind of coincide with one another. Um, Magnum TA was well on his way to being the biggest star in professional wrestling. Uh, getting ready to challenge Hulk Hogan as the top babyface in the world as the United States champion. And then tragedy struck and uh, Magnum TA unfortunately never wrestled again after just a severe car accident and uh, the damage to his body was just too great. Um, but out of that car accident was born Mag, or sorry, was born Nikita Koloff as a turncoat, really. Turning to the babyface side of the world, he was so, uh, in, in storyline, he was so touched by his longtime rivals 
battle that he turned into a mega baby face out of necessity for the business, really, because they had put all their eggs in the Magnum TA basket. And so Nikita Koloff came in, became a United States champion, and and became the top contender to Ric Flair. Uh, so it's fun to have this matchup, Tully or Nikita Koloff, um, or sorry, not Tully, Magnum TA, and the two other guys that are just drenched in, you know, tied together, being tied together. Um, so for me, I, I think this is one of those where we don't know. We really don't know what would have happened for Magnum TA. And so we kind of have to extrapolate and, and guess what we think would have happened. And so for me, I'm going Magnum here because I think he deserves a little more love in the wrestling business and his place in history. But he was so like he was just right on the precipice of being that guy, the guy. And uh, it was all taken away in, 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 you know, in an instant. So Magnum TA for me, Ronald. Oh, it took everything in me to not make a joke out of tragedy struck. Okay. Cause you know, tragedy could have been, in, could have been the name of the car. Yeah. So I'm going Magnum That's TA. Right. I as a <laughs> as an apology. Well actually no, Magnum TA, you know, it, it is one of those major what ifs in wrestling where, you know, he uh he was going he was well on his way to being anointed as the next guy in the territories and who knows what could have been after that. And just based on like my, you know, lack of education with Koloff, I got to go with Magnum TA just to just to kind of, you know, join the bandwagon. And you know, I, I I like to see what uh, you know, maybe he didn't get that opportunity to be the guy in real life, but he's going to be the guy for at least another round in the creative team United States champion bracket. All right, DJ Barbecue, Nikita Koloff or Magnum TA. So nothing against Koloff or anything, but put in this retrospect, because I, I I recently have been watching uh, some documentaries of Magnum TA and other things outside of the the, the TV shows yeah. that are popular on Vice. But literally, if you look back, Magnum TA, Ric Flair, and Hulk Hogan were basically in that category of the two big stars. So you can put it in like like younger generations now that are listening to this, if they do, uh, put it in a concept, it would have been the Rock, Austin, and Triple H kind of category because you had three great individuals all at one time that you've never really seen. If And, and, and the way that the documentaries go and all the backstory and everything, the, as much money as that everybody put into Magnum TA and all that, that was the only significant threat to Hulk Hogan was Magnum TA. As much as everybody, I mean, the seeing the arenas that they showed these massive arenas with the crowds overpacked, like just the, the, the reaction was like what Stone Cold had, you know, I think it was like what WrestleMania, like what, 19, 16, 19, uh, you know, the big, that you have that aerial view and you see the massive, like just pop, like he had that pop yeah. and, and nothing against Koloff or anything, but, I would have to I'd have to give it to Magnum TA because he just he was on a whole different level even after you know Koloff went to this baby face and he ended up you know getting you know pretty popular but it wasn't anything like the energy the electricity that Magnum had he just he had that there so you know, yeah another yeah well, was a, was a wonderful answer there Magnum TA moving on to the next round now this one's fun. Dusty Rhodes or Eddie Guerrero, ladies and gentlemen. This one's interesting. I'll kick this one off 
as we all know here on the podcast, Eddie Guerrero is one of my two favorite wrestlers in the history of forever, maybe three favorite wrestlers. Um, so it's really hard for me to go against him in any bracket ever. Um, but I think I'm, I, I don't think I'm going to this time. I think that the United States title was the pinnacle for Eddie Guerrero in his WCW career. Um, we knew, we knew he wasn't getting past that in WCW. Um, Whereas the United States title for Dusty was just kind of to further storylines for him, not really about getting him over or getting anyone else over. Dusty was the world heavyweight champion and the biggest guy, ladies and gentlemen. Like, we know that. But every once in a while, you know, Flair is the champ, so Dusty's got to do something. He wants some gold around his waist. He was also probably the booker at the time. So I'm just going to controversially go with eddie guerrero here ronald yes no controversy in sight or judgment on my part because i too am quickly going to go for mr edward guerrero uh i i am well documented as singing the praises of old dusty Rhodes as a patriotic gimmick even though he's not really documented as one uh but you know he's the american dream he's one of the biggest stars in wrestling but we're talking united states championship reigns and during the monday night wars and during my fandom of wcw eddie guerrero wore that title you know quite a bit I, I don't know how many times but i've seen him trenched in that gold a few times so much so that i'm gonna go with him in this round today sir charles uh he had the mullet he had the jacket he had the look uh eddie Greer. perfect all right ladies and gentlemen this one's fun uh because i you know this is one of those i think it dep- depending on which decade it took place in this could have been a lot of fun mm-hmm. Dirty Dick Slater taking on MVP, ladies and gentlemen. And see, a lot of people don't know MVP is right up there as the longest reigning uh, United States champions in WWE history. Um, He's only five days away from being the longest reigning champion uh, or the longest reigning U.S. champion. He's right up there with Dean Ambrose. But as when we were debating this, Ron, as Ron put it, Dean Ambrose had the belt, but he never defended it. MVP for a whole year with this title did a lot of did a lot with it and it was his pinnacle of his career. So um I'll I'll kick this one off again since I'm already kind of debating it out loud. Uh I love MVP. This is one of those times where we, we get to talk about someone that's not going to make a lot of lists. So we're go we're we're here with MVP. Although we may have another list for MVP coming up here shortly, uh ladies and gentlemen, foreshadowing. But um, Dick Slater is one of those guys that um, he's a wrestler's wrestler. Like when you when you listen to guys from his era talk about the best wrestlers, he gets mentioned almost always. Dick Slater comes up, and the the reason Dick Slater never became a really a much bigger star than he did was because some nights he showed up to the ring and uh, he wanted to have some fun. And so he would do a lot of comedy. He's one of the first guys that did all the Three Stooges spots and and that silly kind of stuff and the over-the-top selling and the eye pokes and the, you know, just like trip on his own two feet. And he would entertain himself and the boys a lot, but uh, he didn't entertain the promoter so much. So he got held back quite a bit. But um, Dick Slater, great worker. I highly recommend uh, adding him to the list of homework for the for the listeners. If you want to watch a great worker, go watch some Dick Slater. But for me, I think I'm still going to give MVP the edge because I think his title reign was more significant to his career and him than Dick Slater. Um, so MVP for me, uh, Ronald. 
Yeah, you know, Dick Slater is another one of those guys that I don't have a rich education on, other than I, I saw a tag match between uh, himself and Great Muda versus Ric Flair and Sting on an old WCW pay-per-view that I don't know how I watched it. I was probably rec- I probably got recommended a match elsewhere on the card and ran into that and go, what the fuck is this? Uh, yeah. So there's that. Um, I do like the placement of these guys because, you know... Uh, yeah, uh, when he was the when Dick when Dirty Dick Slater was the rebel, he definitely came out in the Confederate flag a lot. Yes, that's why I'm saying this could have been a really interesting matchup, depending on which decade it took place. Because this could be one of those times where where we you know we suspend disbelief a little bit and we get a little bit of that racial motivation. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. This match, this feud, could be something really special. I think. If we get serious Dick Slater with with the Confederate flag, and we get MVP, you know the the um, reformed criminal and all that stuff, we could get a really lot of good stuff out of this, a lot of good content. But uh, yeah, so yeah, for, so for me, you know, I, and as we discussed, as you pointed out that we discussed before this bracket was made, you know, MVP, other than his managerial skills today, his claim to fame with it was his United States Championship reign. And we've danced around this gentleman's name a bunch of times during this episode, but uh, it rhymes with Schmish Manwa. Uh, I, yeah, I, yeah. A little, a little known fact for for uh, MVP's title reign is that he beat uh, Schmish Manwa. Chris Benoit. Chris it's, Benoit. it's a yeah. man. It's a thing. He was a wrestler. He beat Chris Benoit two clean falls in a row in a two out of three falls match to defend his championship reign. So during that time period, they gave him everything. They gave him the big entrance, the big push, the big title reign, a long United States championship reign during a time where they were trying to make it mean something. And I think, you know, other than the Cena push, he was the only other guy that really did something with this title. And, uh, man, I'm kind of glad that he's moving on MVP for me. All right. Charles, anything to add to the conversation? Well, like they say in the the way of life, having a dirty dick is never a good thing. So you got to be sanitary and clean it up. So I'm gonna have to go with MVP. All right, <laughs> solid reasoning. Is anything else that we use on the show? Moving on to the last two matchups of of this episode here today, ladies and gentlemen, Harley Race or Ravishing Rick Rude? Fuck, how did this happen? Uh... <laughs> Old Dawson. <laughs> you know, Harley Race, the very first United States champion. And ravishing Rick Rude, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Charles, I'll let you kick this one off. Harley Race. I I know somebody that went to his wrestling school, and I know that if he hears this, he's gonna give me, he's he's gonna give me shit. So yes, it's Harley Race. No no debate, no nothing. Definite Harley Race. Ronald? Yes, what Harley Race means to the championship cannot be understated, and I'm pretty sure he's going to go far and wide in this bracket, but he is going up against what I consider to be one of the greatest salesmen in the 80s and early 90s. I got to go personally with Rick Rude, even though I'm probably going to be outvoted. I'm going to talk about Rick Rude and just how great he was uh, and what he meant to any title he wore, including this one. Wow. See, that was a swerve I was not expecting there. I was literally just, as you brought it, started talking about Harley going far in this tournament. I started writing down Harley race, uh, moving on to the next bracket because uh, I don't have a Darso. So I had no say in this, but I am pleasantly surprised here. Uh, I just talked about the United States title with Dustin Rhodes or as we started this episode and that match alone for me, uh, that, that great Ironman match between Rick Rude 
and not well rick rude had one with steamboat too which is also great rick rude god damn it uh my fandom i i think rick rude might be the most critically underrated fucking heel of all time so i as much as we love Harley and I had him go all the way to winning my King of Kings bracket a couple episodes ago, I'm going Rick Rude here because that moment of him in my childhood of him with the United States title has stuck with me for 30 something years now as a wrestling fan. So uh, it meant a lot to me. Ravishing Rick Rude beating Harley Race in the first round, moving on in this bracket. Ooh, when it comes to this bracket, Harley. He'll move. <laughs> All right, this is the final match. And, uh, I, you know, uh, I don't want to rush through this one because this one's fun. I feel like I know exactly where this one's going to go, especially since Ron has that Darso. But Big Van Vader, ladies and gentlemen, or Barry Windham. Charles, do you have any thoughts on this? You can go first here. <laughs> oh, Barry Windham, Big Van Vader. Uh uh, I'm gonna have to go with, uh, with. I'm gonna go Barry Windham. Just Barry Windham because of the nostalgic of it. Very yeah. nice. All right. So for me, uh, Barry Windham's one of those guys uh, in the history of the business that, for whatever reason, maybe it's just because the matches I've seen had finishes that I don't like or whatever. But I've just never got the Barry Windham was the greatest worker of the '80s thing. And so, like, I, I, I always feel like he's just massively overrated. And I'm sure if I did a deep dive on Barry Windham, I'll find the stuff that makes me go, okay, yeah, he's a great worker. But, like, it is well documented in the history of the show. My love of Big Van Vader will outweigh lots and lots of things. But I think this would be a fun match, having a guy like uh, Barry Windham that could really go working around Vader and bumping for him. Also, Vader could freaking go in the 90s um but it's vader for me all day ronald yeah the final cider of today's episode yeah i don't even know why i would need a darso for this if i know you at all cole but i gotta go vader too and you know barry windham you know he's he is one of those guys like you mentioned that a lot of his peers and the greats of the business go out of their way of saying that he's one of the best and most underrated of all time and i too like i felt like i was just dumb i was like and what am i missing like <laughs> But you know, I, as as you look at all of his stuff, you know he was a great salesman. The the he yeah yeah, yeah he absolutely. was the '80s Dolph Ziggler, like uh, just like never quite there, but can make anybody look astounding for his body type. Yeah. Um, See, oh, I, you know, listen, being friends, uh, you know, being members of the cult, Cornette. Let's just call it what it is. We're both members of the cult. Um, I want to see these fucking matches where him and Bobby Eaton went out there and decided they were going to rest half wrestle half the matches on their knees and just were so great. Like, I feel like Barry Windham's one of those guys that like, you need to see the house shows. Like you need to see the spot shows and see all the shit that he did. And all we have is what he did on TV. And he just kind of was like the next guy. He was never like the guy, but he was the next guy for most of his career. So he always was kind of in that weird spot. But yeah. So as far as this title, he may mean more to this title, but for me, Vader means more to me than the integrity of this bracket. So, <laughs> Vader moving on for Ron. All right, so that's it. Two to one. Vader moves on. That completes the bracket for today, part one. 
Um, I'm not, we're not going to filibuster too much because there's a part two that we got to get recorded here. And I know that uh, DJ Barbecue over here desperately needs to go to the restroom. And we've gone a little bit long on this episode today, so I'm not going to filibuster at the end. So for Ron Kilborn and our guest DJ Barbecue, I am your host, Cole Dawson, saying thank you. We love you. And good night. Thanks for listening. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at Creative Team Pod or just the Creative Team on Facebook. Follow Cole Dawson on Twitter and Instagram at Cole2130 and follow yours truly at Ron underscore Kilborn. We'll see you next week on another episode of The Creative Team.